0: Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? So this is going to be our uh, final part of uh, this message here. It's we've been This message series, we've been doing blessed. Talking about being blessed. And this is to be or not to be part four. So are you blessed? Amen. Amen. Alright, so if you've missed any of the previous three parts and, and we snuck a message in there from uh, my wife on Mother's Day, be sure and get online, take a look at those and, and catch up. And you can listen, you listening here this morning, you can go back and, and you know, pick up any ones that you've, you've missed. And we've been talking about blessed and what it means in the scripture as far as happy, as far as happiness goes. Because when you look at blessed in the scripture, it can mean several different things depending on where you are reading it. It can mean to bless, to kneel, to praise or salute. It can mean blessings or prosperity or it can mean happy. Or happiness, and we're focused on the parts of the scripture during this series. We've been focused on where it says where it means happy. And in James one verse twelve, it says, "Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love Him." And so this word "blessed" here is "makarios," which means happy or blessed to be envied. That's the Greek word. ...for this uh, word blessed there in that scripture. And what this really tells us is that true happiness is independent of our circumstances. It is self-contained. And, you know, the world, you know, their definition of happiness is basically... ...most people, you know, when you talk to most, they'll say... ...when things are going good, I'm happy. When things are going bad, I'm not. And so what we're talking about is being happy in the midst of circumstances or trials or things that are going on in life, regardless of what's going on, having the ability to be able to lean upon the Lord and the truths that are in His Word and to come out on the other side and stay happy through it all. Biblical happiness isn't based on our circumstances. It's based on our ability to deal with those circumstances and, and trials that we go through in life. True happiness is based on a scriptural relationship with God, When we do that first and second commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love others as ourselves, and we have those relationships in place, then, and we're, and we're basing it off, off the scriptural definition of happiness, then we'll be able to walk in it, we'll be able to do it, we'll be able to overcome no matter what. So, last week, we, went, we started with five of the ten things that happy people don't believe, and I want to finish up those five, but before we or finish up those ten and do, do the last five, before we do, let's just pray one more time. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here this morning. I thank you that every word spoken would just go into our hearts, and Lord, that we'd be able to receive from you here today without distraction. We can just focus on you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your anointing, your presence here. For without it, Lord, we cannot break through to the level that you want us to break through in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, last week, like I said, we started with the ten things that happy people don't believe, and the first five are these. Life is fair. Happy people don't believe that life is fair. They don't believe, number two, that all suffering is bad. And number three, they don't believe they're in control of everything. And number four, they don't believe I can't. And when we're talking about this word, I can't, we don't mean... You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in the sense of I can just do anything. No, it means that I can get through and I can be content. And that's what the scripture says in Philippians 4 when it's talking about there that I can be content through it all. Through it all, I can stay content and I can do all things through Christ. Not that I can leap tall buildings in a single bound like Superman. uh, Not like that. But I can make it through and be content And the fifth thing is, is I'm too old. I'm too old. And you could even put there, I'm too young. Because I'll tell you what, you're always going to be too young or you're going to be too old to somebody. And so happy people don't believe that. Happy people just always believe they're just right with where they are in life. Whatever station in life you are, you are in the right place that you were supposed to be right now. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Anybody tell you. I remember, and before we start this, this five, I remember... When I first got married, uh, I played a lot of basketball, and I, you know, I could jump really high for only being five eight. I know I'm short, but I could jump really high. I could dunk a tennis ball on a ten foot rim. I couldn't get the big ball because I couldn't palm it. You know, my hands are small, but I could dunk a tennis ball on a ten foot rim and, and grab it and get up there. You know, so I could jump really high. Now, after about six to eight months of eating her dinners, I couldn't even touch the rim. Okay, this little section just started to grow. You know, I had this little itty bitty waist, real athletic, all that, but all of that went goodbye after I started just eating and doing these things. So I began to feel old, and I even though I was so young, but I, I said, and I said, man, this 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 ain't right. And now I don't even know if I can jump and touch the net. I mean. No, I, I think I can get the net still. But it doesn't matter how old I am, how big my stomach gets, or, or whatever it may be. I'm where I am supposed to be in the Lord. I can be content with how I am. I can be content in whatever circumstance I'm in. And I can always obey the Lord. I can always do what God is telling me to do. It doesn't matter about all of these things in the natural. If God said it, then you can do it. If God said it, you can complete it in Him. Because in Him we live and move and we have our being. And see, Scripture says that, the Lord's saying, He just wants us to be. He wants us to be who we're supposed to be. And that is, and part of that is, is, we have to be blessed. Which means happy. We have to be happy. We have to go in, we're not like the children of Israel, complaining or mumbling or crying, you know. We're just, whatever circumstance, whatever's hitting us, we're standing on the Word of God because it's the Word of God that will see us through. It's the Word of God that gets us past all of that. It's the Word of God that allows us to be victorious. And see, it's the Word that says, I'm the head and not the tail. And I keep going, I'll just, I'll just keep going. But number six, number six. This is the next thing that happy people don't believe. I get real excited because church, we're supposed to have the victory And when people look at us, and we're going through these circumstances, we're going through these things, and they see that smile on our face, despite, or they see that we're strong through the circumstance of what we're going through. People want to know what is going on with you. How are you able to do that? They can see the victory in you. They want to be like you. And as a matter of fact, as the scripture says that as uh, that they will know us by our love for one another. And as we see each other through circumstances, as we help each other get through and, and we're victorious, that's how others will see us. And they'll know that we're, we've got Christ and it makes a difference having Christ in control of your life. Amen? Not that we're not supposed to be puppets. We make our own decisions, but God leads and guides our steps. The word is a light unto our path and that we're able to step and we're able to see. It's the light that lights up and we're able to get through those things that we're faced with. Hallelujah. The anointing is here this morning, church. Praise the Lord. People are obligated to love me a specific way. People are obligated to love me a specific way. See, this is something happy people do not believe. And so we're going to talk about relationships a little bit this morning. We were talking a lot about uh, last, last week our station in life and the, and the different things, you know, in regards to that. But, but, you know, and how we view life. But now we're going to talk a little bit about relationships with these five here mostly. And we're going to talk about ourselves as well. But people are obligated to love me a specific way is a lie from the enemy. The enemy wants to tell you and put you in a trap that so-and-so treated you bad, so-and-so treated you this way or that way, and they're supposed to be treating you like, you know, this. And you know what? They probably should. However, we've got to go through life understanding and knowing that everybody's not going to love me the way, you know, I want to be loved. They're not all going to love us the same way. And if our happiness is dependent upon how other people feel about us, we're just not going to be happy <laughs> because we're going to find somebody who's got something wrong with us. You know, how many ever been there where you, got, you met somebody, it's like they've always got something wrong with you? You ever been like that? You know, you met that person? And, and there's always going to be that. And nobody treats anybody perfectly 100% of the time, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. And so we certainly can't force anybody to love us in a specific way. There's no way that we can, we, we can accomplish that. This is why our focus should really be on how we treat others and not on how we are being treated. And when we focus on how we treat others, that's when the blessings come from God. Blessings meaning prosperity. That's how we're prospering and we're getting through because we're standing on his word and we're doing his word, which is to love others. And so as we begin to love it and then... You know, that love begins to get reciprocated. Why? Because when you're loving someone, you are sowing a seed. And when you sow that seed, you're going to reap the harvest of the seeds that you sow. And so when you're sowing that love to others, you're going to reap it back, and therefore it's going to put a big Joker grin on your face. You're going to be happy, you're going to be blessed. In John, and so this is our truth principle here. This is the opposite of the lie that happy people don't believe. We're seeing people are obligated to love me in a specific way. What we need to focus on is, I should treat others with love no matter what. So if you're taking notes, write that down. I'm going to treat others with love no matter what. I'm going to treat others with love no matter what. Because in John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another, as I have loved you that you also love one another. It said it twice in the same verse. And then in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 28, it says, But I say unto you, which hear... Love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And this is the really hard part because we want to be loved. We don't want to be told, you know, you know, having cursings in our face. We don't want our, you know, these people, you know, doing these things to us. And the last thing I feel like doing when I'm driving on the road and somebody flips me off on the road is saying, I love you. You're just God bless you. You know, that's just the last thing. I want to say to that person, but yet that's what God's saying to do. And when we do that, it feels, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to feel like it, for, but when you actually do it, oh, it feels so much better. than get, why well, what are you doing, and just being angry and upset. Because then you're just all, you know, I wanted to say something, but I'm not going to say it. You're all upset and, you know, it doesn't accomplish anything. But yet, put you in a bad mood and set you in a bad mood for the rest of the day. There was somebody who put me in a in the in a bad mood yesterday. It wasn't anybody I knew. I, I was what's it? Oh, Friday. It was Friday. That's right. It was Friday, and um, I was trying to sell something on Craigslist. And usually, it's nice and just it's easy to sell something on Craigslist. But there, every now and then, you get the person that asked like a hundred questions about your, po- about your post that you listed this product. And I already had the answers to half of them in there. If he would have just read it, you know, he would have known. And so I'm answering all these questions. And then he wants more pictures like side views and angles and all this. Stuff. So then I've got to go down and do these pictures. And then the picture thing, it wasn't working. It wasn't uploading right. I mean, it just kept going on and on. And now I'm just, I'm just frustrated. You know, I'm just really, really frustrated. I'm not happy. Next thing I know, Carrie Ann comes through, and she's having some of the same problems with, you know, pictures and texting and all this stuff, you know, with her phone. And she comes in, and she's got this issue, and now I'm irritated with this guy. Now I'm biting her head off, and she's like, well, you didn't have to say it like that. And she didn't know all the stuff I had been through, though. She just didn't know. And so then I, I told her all these things that I had been through. And I said, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I've been going through. It doesn't matter how I'm upset with this person. You're right. I shouldn't have treated you that way. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I wasn't treating her with love. I'm taking my frustration out on somebody I don't even know. I'm taking all this out on my dear, lovely, beautiful, wonderful, outstanding, gorgeous... <laughs> Have I made up for this thing <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, you know, I'm taking all this out on her. And so the thing is, why is love so important? Because the scripture tells us in Corinthians 13 verse 8 that love never what? Fails. It never fails. And so despite how somebody may be coming at me, all I've got to do is respond in love. Because love never what? It never fails. The next one that happy people don't believe is everybody hates me. Everybody hates me. Have you ever thought that before maybe growing up? I mean, teenagers deal with this a lot. It seems like at one point in time or another. I know that, you know, I did, you know, for a little short time. And then, you know, I realized it just wasn't true. It's a toxic belief and a delusion Yet, sadly, many unhappy people fall prey to this lie. And, you know, a lot of times we're, we're, we deal with, you know, we hear in the news and we see in the schools and different things, you know, bullying and stuff like that and a bunch of people ganging up on that one person. And that one, and that can really feed into this lie for this one person that's, that's being a victim of the bullying that, you know, everybody hates me. But there is always somebody who loves you. And even if some everyone did hate you or, you know we we can take solace in how god feels about you how uh, we can take solace in how god feels about us we we can look and say you know i am accepted and that's our truth statement for this one that's the opposite of this everybody hates me is this and so if you're taking notes you can write this down i am accepted i am accepted and we know in romans chapter 8 verse 14 through 17, it says that we, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I, I am a son of God. I am accepted into His family. I'm accepted by Him. Verse 15, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints. And notice this word, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. We are saints. See, this is who we are. We're going to talk about who we are in Christ We say, I am accepted. I am accepted. And when I became accepted and I gave my life over to Christ, I now have become a saint, which just simply means holy one. And holy means separated or consecrated for Him. I belong to Him. I don't belong to anybody else. I'm accepted by God. And that helps me to combat the lie that the enemy may try to tell me, oh, everybody hates me. And if you know somebody who has said that, or whether ministered to them with this, use this. Show them that, hey, you can be accepted by God. Come to the Lord, and because when we focus on that, we can take solace in that. In verse two, it says, "Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, this word "bless" here and this. This this spot is to praise, celebrate with praises, to invoke blessings, to cause to prosper, to make happy, favored of God. Church, this is who we are. We are the favored of God. God wants to cause you to prosper. He wants to cause me to prosper. Jesus Christ who has blessed us, He has done this for us. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in who? Christ. So it's in Christ. We are accepted by God in Christ. We are made to prosper. He literally celebrates us with praises. That's what this word means. And and you know, someone who's believing that everyone hates it, they're not feeling too celebrated at that moment. But see, when you show them, look, you're accepted by God. God... Wants to celebrate you with praises. This is how God wants to accept you in. You can be accepted and feel accepted in the family of God. As you look at His Word, you claim these scriptures for as your own, looking at those, standing on faith with those, it makes all the difference in the world to you being blessed, being happy. I'm going to go ahead and skip down to the eighth one. I have something to prove. I have something to prove. Unhappy people seek happiness through approval. Unhappy people seek happiness through approval. Unfortunately, that approval is impossible to achieve because it's caused by an inner lack which keeps them constantly striving, constantly trying to get ahead. Constantly trying to strive, you know, I've got something to prove. But the thing is, is that Christians who are blessed have their security in Christ. So our truth statement to this one is, is I am secure. I am secure. So when you're feeling like I have something to prove, say, no, I don't have anything to prove because I'm secure in God. I'm accepted by God, so therefore I don't have to buy into the lie that everyone hates me. And now I am secure in God, so I don't have anything to to prove to anybody. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1 it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. So I'm free from sin and my past. My past I can put in the rear view mirror and I don't have to worry about it anymore because I'm redeemed, it's under the blood. Amen? Verses 35 and 39 in that same chapter tells us that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. So I'm accepted and I'm secure in Him. In Colossians 3.3 3 it says our life is hid with Christ in God. So we can hide our life in Him. We are to be hidden in Him. So in other words, we're secure. You know how like someone, you've seen the movies, you've seen it where someone's being chased you know, and they're on the run. And, I don't know, the serial killer is coming after them. And he's got the knife. And he's coming after, it's always the pretty girl, right? That's the way it always is, right? In these movies, I think. That's yeah, pretty right. So so the pretty girl's running. And, and they always look back. And they do what when they look back? Isn't it just every single time they trip, right? When they look back. And you're like... No, dummy, why did you look back? <laughs> and then there's the one at the end of the movie. She's lasted the longest, so you know she's going to what? She's going to survive. She's going to live. Because all the others, they did what? They did something dumb to trip. Or they did something some dumb thing that you're going, why did you do that? In the movie. But the, but the one at the end gets to a hiding place. Right? And then usually they get a little angry at this point. I've been chased, I've been to all this stuff, and now all of a sudden the, the, the pretty girl who's 5'4 grows this backbone and she's going to fight back against the 6'6 six six big you know guy with the mask with the knife. And she's going to fight. She finds this hiding place and he comes in and then she's all prepared. She set a trap. And then she's got this, you know, big axe or something or whatever it may be. And she's around. He falls in the trap and then she just lets him have it. And she survives. And she won and she was victorious. And you know what? It's kind of like, I mean, it's like in life There are so many things that are happening. There's so many things that are coming against us. We're like, it's like in the movie and we're constantly going and and we're tempted to look back. But it's like, oh, wait, wait, this, this scripture, wait a minute. And we don't. And if we can get to that hiding place, if we can get hidden with God, we can get hidden in Christ, just like he said. You know, and and David, it was so great with David because he would go to that secret place of the Most High and he would lay down under the cherubim wings, remember? In the shadow of the Almighty. And he would know that this was a place that he could get away from it all. This was a place he could just be with God. And that's the place, when you get hidden with Christ, that we get our strength, and so that when the enemy comes, then we can take that big axe and hack him off, right? Right? You know, so it's just like... The girl at the... So be like the last one standing in the... Next time you watch one of those movies, and they're all picked off, just be like, I'm going to be like the one that survives at the end. Even how... It's, you know, always whenever I've seen one of those kind... It's like, it's so improbable. It's like, there's no way. But you know what? A lot of times we're looking at our circumstances and we're going, there's no way and God saying yes there is a way you are going to win you are going to be victorious you are going to pick up that axe you are going to get out of that circumstance hide right here set a trap and whack him amen amen, amen. i am accepted i am secure number 9 it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know, it doesn't matter, is just an excuse. It's what unhappy people tell themselves to avoid confrontation when they've been mistreated, or to endure a lack of courage when they don't follow their dreams. And I'm here to say it does matter. Happiness matters, respect matters. These things matter because you are significant. And that's our next truth to this one is you can write this down is I am significant. I am significant. You know, so we're accept- I am accepted, I am secure, I am significant. In John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And then in verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and this is Jesus talking in the red... I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now you say, well, what's the scripture have to do with me being significant? Because let me tell you, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We are connected to him. We are literally a channel of his life. Just how, you know, the, through the roots... And through up through the vine, you know, the vine, all the stuff that come, all the life and the nutrients and all the things that come up through the vine, they come into the branches. We are literally an extension of Jesus Christ himself here on this earth to rule and reign and to do his will. Amen. 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 That's how significant we are. We are literally a channel of his life here. He left us here with a mission when he left the earth to go and to preach the gospel, to be that light, to be that salt. You are significant. You are a light. You are salty. You are what's good here in this earth. You are what's good. So I am significant. In John 15, in that same chapter, in verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name... He may give it to you. So I've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I've got a job. I am significant. I have a position. And if you've ever been one where you've been out of work for a while, maybe you had a job and you... You know, I I remember the first job I got, I felt like a million dollars. I was making $4.25 an hour and it just did not matter. Some of you are going, these are young people like, how old are you? Okay, That was minimum wage, okay? At the time, $4.25 an hour. But I'm going to tell you, every time I got that paycheck, it felt like a million dollars was going in my pocket. Because I was significant. I had position. I had a job. And and you know, like once you've had that though, and then you lose that, because I've lost it before, and I went without, and watched my savings account just go bye-bye. You don't feel who's significant at that moment when you're watching the dollars start to go out. But then when you get that job, what's it like? It's like, man, it's a million, you feel like a million bucks again. So you know what that's like? You have a job to do on the earth. You are significant. God chose you before you were born. He predestined you to bear fruit in this earth. This phrase, but I chose you, it literally means this. God choosing whom He judged fit to receive His favors and separated from the rest of mankind to be peculiarly His own and to be attended continually by His gracious oversight. How good is that? That's what this means in the Greek. But I chose you. That phrase, but I chose you. Who He saw fit... He saw you fit to bear fruit. You are significant, so it does matter. I am accepted, I am secure, and I am significant. The last thing, tenth thing, that happy people do not believe is I'd be happier if only I were... And you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. You know you've done it. I've done it. You know the routine. Oh, I mean, I'll be sitting here watching the NBA and watching these guys. I'd be happier if I was 6'10 and I could sky and dunk and I'd be happier if I... Yeah, right. A lot of those guys are miserable. A lot of them are happy, but a lot of them are miserable too. It's not about that. I'd be happier if I was the guy in charge... And I had my boss's job. Or I would be happier if I were skinnier. Or I would be happier if I were bigger. Or if I were taller. Or if I was shorter. Or just you name it, right? But the scripture says, and here's the truth statement. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. You are who you are. And you are who God made. And this is not to say... That, that we shouldn't try to improve ourselves or work on things and improve. I'm not saying that at all. We should. We should try to improve. We should try to be healthy. We should try to improve our status at our jobs, especially for influence sake. I mean, there's all kinds of... Yeah, yes, do that. But understand that you are fearful, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I want to read this out of my notes here. It says, Happy people know the secret to happiness is accepting themselves, flaws and all... It's okay to work on improving yourself. we're always in a state of learning, but it's not okay to berate yourself for your flaws. focus on your strengths and accept how God made you. Amen in Psalms 139 verse 14 it says, "I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well And then in Psalm 16:2 it says, "I say to the Lord you." Are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. Why did I put that scripture there? I have no good apart from you. Because when you're looking at something else, thinking that's going to make you happy, it's not. Our focus is in the wrong. There's no good. Hear me, church. This is it. This is the last thing. There is no good apart from the Lord. There's no good apart from that. You cannot get fulfillment in those things that you're filling in the blank. The things that you're filling in the blank on, you won't be happy if you get those things. You're happy when you're when you're a channel of His life, connected to the vine. Amen? One more time, the truth statements. I should treat others with love no matter what. I am significant. I am significant. Oh, wait a minute, I've got it backwards, hold on. Let me get my notes in the right order. I should treat others with love no matter what. I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you say amen to that? Can we give the Lord a hand? That's good.